What's up, buddy? Good to have you back here. Preseason warm-up on how to learn. Brought to you by Paul at Three Nails Bibles. If you need a Bible rebind, a Bible recover, then give Paul a holla. I'm going to do an episode to answer a question that I get oftentimes. And the question is, uh, that word, word got out at one point, and I know how this happened, and it's my fault. Word got out that I read 150 books a year. Um, and I get the question, how do you do that, dude? That's like a book every other day. Well, here's the thing. Um, my people have a lot of uh, trust in me at church, and, <laughs> and maybe they shouldn't. Maybe it's not all, like, strictly speaking, warranted. But what happened was I was talking to some guys out in the foyer uh, one Sunday, and I said, you know, I, I, got, a, I got a goal this year. I'm going to try to read 150 books. And if I can do that, I want to see if I can make it sustainable to read 150 books every year. And they were like, ah, oh, that's crazy, man. I'm like, yeah, but I think I can do it, and here's how and whatever. So anyway, we were talking and, and other people had heard that and, you know, so word kind of got around a few people that like, hey, our pastor reads 150 books a year. Here's the thing. Uh, that's not really true, right? Like fact check, false. First off, that was before I started getting really heavy into language learning and stuff like that. So there's no way, you know, that I could even manage to attempt that uh, right now. But even back then I ran into some problems and it, the problems were not that it was too much, right? You always make room for what's important. And I could have shifted other things around. I would have had to let some of my responsibilities slip. But technically, it would be possible to read 150 books a year. The problem I ran into was like, can you define the word read, you know? And furthermore, can you define the word book, <laughs> right? So I, I realized that the devil was in the details with this plan because like I'm, I'm preaching through uh, Luke right now. And I've been in Luke for a long time, you know, so I've got these, these commentaries that I've been reading. I've been in Luke for over two years. So, um, I've, I've got these commentaries that I'm reading and I've been reading these same books for two years because I'm reading them slowly and in a detailed manner and methodically and I'm, I'm marking in them and I'm underlining stuff and I'm drawing lines and circles and whatever. So that doesn't, you know, does that count as reading a book? Well, no, but if I'm reading 50 pages in one of these commentaries in a day or 20 in that one or whatever, I mean, I'm still putting in that amount of time reading, but it doesn't count towards my goal. So I'm like, well, that's that's not fair at all. I'm doing the reading. I'm just not completing a book, and now I'm failing to meet my own standard. So there's that. And then there's the question of like, well, at what point can you say you read the book? Because as I've said on another you know um, episode of How to Learn, it's it's like you don't read every word. There's no scenario where I would read every word of a theology book. Well, I don't know. I mean, I suppose I have with a couple of them that I'm really enjoying, where I just sit down and read it from cover to cover just for fun. I'll go ahead and do that. But that's not a normal circumstance. Normally, I'm trying to engage the book to process it, right? So, I mean, you're speed reading. Well, at what point does that become skimming? Okay, that's a different thing. Are both of those considered reading the book? What if I just, you know, jump into the book real quick and tear it apart for an hour to process what the author's saying, and then I put it aside? Have I read that book? I could tell you what was said in there. I could outline the arguments for and against what the guy's saying, which is more than most people can say when they read a book the way we're taught to in school, right? So have I actually read it, though? Because the percentage of it that I read was very small. Well, okay, so you get to the point, right? Define read. Well, then you get into the issue of define book. You know, so I got, I got audio books. I got book summaries. I got you know, uh, book reviews. I got all of these things. Like there's, there's various other, um, sorts of reading that I do. That's not books. You know, you got blogs, you got whatever. So if the amount of reading is what you're after, then defining it in terms of reading a book and trying to quantify that wound up being relatively impossible. So 
False. I do not read 150 books a year. However, I will tell you how I read a ton of books every year by whatever definition of book and read you want to, because a lot of times that does equal 150, right? I could say that, and I don't count anymore because like I said, it's kind of hard to enumerate, but it would not be an exaggeration to say that in a typical year, I probably process, let's say maybe 120 books, but I'm not doing it in, in the traditional reading sense. Okay. So here's, here's a couple of things that I do. One, I speed read. I just did a couple of episodes on that. And if you haven't heard those back up and listen to those, um, also, I, uh, you know, I do the speed reading, I do the skimming stuff, and then I engage other forms of books. I just mentioned a couple of them. I have an account at audible.com. By the way, from what I'm hearing, oh no, oh no, this is just popping into my head. Um, there's, a, there's a service that I was told about through the library. I forget what it's called. Anyway, um, your, your library has a, uh, an audiobook service that's actually free, which begs the question, why am I paying for an Audible account? Other than the fact that, you know, Amazon and Audible, they have their hooks into me now. And if I let that account go, then all of those hundreds of books that I've got go with it. And I like to re-listen to them. So, um, you know, they got me. I don't know what to tell you, but you can do this for free and just check out books, listen to them and then return them. And, you know, you don't have them anymore, but you can go recheck them out. So audiobooks are huge, man. You can speed it up, right? You can do with, with some authors or some um, uh, performers, the way they read the book. It's so slow that you can do it on double speed. It's pretty common for me to do 1.5 speed. I kind of hang out there most of the time and you just tear into it, right? Um, you can spend the same amount of time listening to um, people read books live, which is kind of cool because then you get the performance art into it and uh, it kind of makes it come alive a little bit. So audiobooks are huge, man. I the audio audible plan that I have uh, is one audiobook a month, and then usually, you know, sometime throughout the year, I'll buy an extra one here and there. That'll happen a couple times a year. If I'm going on a mission trip or something, I might stock up on some audiobooks for the plane ride or the you know when I'm awake in the uh, uh, in the the room where I'm sleeping because I'm jet lagged and I can't go to sleep. I'll put on an audiobook. So I usually stock up before a mission trip. But that's let's say. 15 or, you know, well, one a month, 12, let's, let's say that's 18 a year, right? I'm probably doing 18 audiobooks a year. Well, that chops away at 150 pretty good, right? And then you've got book summaries. I love, I love, love, love my book summary services, right? And that's the thing is I heard Tim Keller say it once. He says, I don't read nearly as many books as you think I do because <laughs> he's interacting with the books in other ways, you know? And so I've got Blinkist and I've got um, AccelerateBooks.com and I got memberships at both of these things. Now the AccelerateBooks.com, I scored on that one because um, they were just getting launched and I bought a lifetime membership right up front for a one-time fee. So... Thank you very much. That's money well spent. So I got these two book summary services. AccelerateBooks.com is Christian books. And then Blinkist has everything. And Blinkist is cool because, uh, you know, you can you can download the, um, you can go get the book summary and read that, or you can get it in audio. <laughs> It'll read it to you. So it's the best of both worlds right there. But you can, you can interact with a lot of books. Now, I got to tell you, when you're reading book summaries, your retention is going to be really low, okay? Because I, I don't know why, but, you know, I mean, like, I'll, I'll go on, when I listen to stuff on Blinkist, I listen to a book summary, I'll go on later and, like, okay, scanning, I need something to listen to real quick while I'm on my run or whatever, and then uh, I'll be like, oh, that looks interesting. Wait a second, I already listened to that, and I don't remember it. So you don't do that for retention. You do that just for quick touches with books and other worldviews and stuff. So book summaries are cool, 
Book reviews are awesome. And you can go to the New York Review of Books or whatever. I mean, there's different ones. But book reviews are great because then not only do you get the summary of the book, you also get the popular level reaction to the book, right? And so it, it can be a little tricky because you're only hearing about something through somebody else's uh, you know, recounting, and they may or may not agree with the actual book. So it's a slanted view. But if you look at it the right way, you're getting the content of the book in summary form, and you're getting the reaction to it. So you're going to hear the positives and the negatives, right? So that's that's one of the ways that I do it. The other way, the other thing that helps me read a lot of books is to, um, you know, read books. This is such cheating. Read books by authors that I've read before. You know, so this kind of has you going back to the same well and stuff like that. But honestly, people tend to repeat themselves in some measure, right? Especially with nonfiction. And so you can kind of say like, okay, I'm reading a book by D.A. Carson. Well, it's going to be a great book. I, I know that right off the bat. I know it's going to be worthwhile. And I know that he's going to, you know, he's, he's going to have certain positions on certain things. And so I can kind of, you know, skip those chapters or something. Now, it'll be good and worth the read because it's Carson and Carson rocks. But, you know, maybe I don't, maybe that's not the best use of my time. So I'll go ahead and skip that chapter in The God Who Was There or something like that because I know where he's come from on that because I've heard him preach a sermon about it or I read another book regarding it or something, you know. So um, what was, had a thought, vanished live on microphone. It's gone. My thought just went over to the other microphone and uh, is not saying much. So so that's that's another way that I do it is I read books from authors that I have read before. So to review, um, don't think about how many books you read. Nobody cares. And by the way, if you actually, <laughs> this is a cruel irony, if you hit your mark, if you're like, I'm going to read 100 books this year, and you hit your mark, the only people that are going to care about that are people who are equally capable of doing it and equally neurotic to set themselves a goal. So the only people that are going to care, the only people that are going to understand are the people that won't care, right? And then you wind up just kind of like in this self-congratulatory loop, which is prideful and doesn't help anybody. So forget about how many books you read. Instead, process a lot of books, interact with a lot of books and get them from many different sources. We'll see you on the next one.